On the 2nd of January 2022, Chris Broderick, singer, poet, writer, playwright and all-round self-confessed, complicated human, passed away. Chris was a big-souled human being, always seeking to make sense of the big old messy world in which we live. Almost everything he created conveyed, in some way, a deep yearning through stories, either tragic or comic, and sometimes both, to understand and celebrate the perfect imperfections of lives lived, his own and those of others. This episode is focused entirely on Chris Broderick and the music he created with the singing loins, Chris Arthur Allen, Rob Shepherd, and towards the end of it all, John Forrester. Let's start at the beginning. Here's Chris talking to me in June 2017 about where it all started for him, musically at least. Well, I kind of, I was in the church choir and everything. I kind of liked choral okay. music and I used yeah. to, um, <laughs> I was quite an old boy. So it was choral music for me and I, 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 I dismissed this pop music. My sister, who was 18 months younger, was into it. Yeah. And um, so other than choral music, she had a Mark Bolan poster up in okay. her room when she was probably, I don't know, 12, 11, 12, I was about 12, 13. And become obsessed with this poster. He had a natural wood Les Paul and something about that guitar I really liked. I don't know. Then I started hearing it, so I bought Metal Guru 1972. So I was 13. That was my first ever pop okay. record. Yeah. At 13. Yeah. And suddenly, and the chains was just. <laughs> and so uh, that goes the core music. Yeah, it was very, very <laughs> odd. So there were musical. I mean, I can remember bits on the wireless, but we weren't big radio fans either. So yeah. Um, in our house. Right. God for my sister. <laughs> so with Mark Bolin, what, what else did you... Oh, well, the first it, music was like all... Because I'm very, very old, so it was all glam stuff. It was all Slade T-Rex, stuff like that. Early Roxy, then I started getting into kind of realising there was... that music can go somewhere as well, so kind of early Roxy and stuff. And then before you knew it, it was kind of punk, which really kind of mm -hmm. enlivened everything. Yeah. I suppose I was, what, 16 or 17? Oh, so just, just the right age to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ...to be hit by that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what was your experience of getting into bands? How, how did that sort of, that path sort of happen? Because I... it, it was different, I remember from interviewing you before, to say how uh, Billy Childish and Bruce Band and things like that, they, they, they were in a... Yeah, most of the talent was kind of... Um, snuffled up and it was um yeah, yeah it's all seemed a bit clicky but um and i just had no peers that were interested at all in fact on my 18th birthday i walked out on a bunch of my friends i'm prone to do it things like that. i just walked out in the middle of the party because i'd been trying to say look i want to either we hire we we get a van and drive around europe yeah. or we form a grand band or we do both yeah and they didn't want to do anything, they just wanted it. It was the 2.4 kids, okay. steady job, and I was just fed up of it. So I, I literally walked out, mm -hmm. um, bought a second hand guitar from Charlie Waldron's, which was up in, um, that was in um, Boston. <coughs> and this silly little practice amp, taught myself about four chords, put an advert in Melody Maker, yeah. so I wanted to audition people, went around auditioning people, <laughs> <laughs> the little auditioning, these, you know, <laughs> real twiddly 
types. And, and I was trying to do these kind of two chord songs with, with lyrics. I've been writing lyrics since I was about 15. I was... After being in a few bands and having a very near miss with what Chris called bona fide pop stardom, thanks to a signing with EMI, Chris Broderick found himself in a band called Dumbfounded, featuring an eclectic lineup of a hard rock guitarist and a punk drummer, and a bass player called Chris Allen, or Arthur as he came to be known. One day, Chris told me, I took Arthur aside and said, let's do an acoustic duo, and the singing loins was born. We just wanted to write honest, bare songs, Chris said, outside of any particular style, just songs, whatever that means. The first thing we came up with was hauling the slack, so that set the precedent. Hauling the slack is a right old proper sea shanty of a tune, relentless in its driving rhythm as it lists a litany of Dickensian trials and tribulations suffered by a young woman who becomes a mother too young. There's an air of glass half-emptiness about the song. If it do change, never for the best, Chris sings at one point. But even still, there's a relentless determination to keep going, to keep on keeping on. Carry on, boys, and don't stop the devils at your back. And you kind of get the sense that it's not as much about running away from the devil, but doing your absolute damnedest to outwit him. Which at their heart, is what a lot of Singing Loin songs are about. Life is tough, but never let it get the better of you. Oh, well, you was a baby, your daddy was a con, your mammy was a brave one, though they done her plenty wrong. Oh, way back and when swept a woebegone place, they pulled you out with forceps, your arse about face to carries on, and if it do change, never for the best. Four and twenty mad men dancing on your chest. Carry on, boys, and don't stop the devils at your back. For what does life amount to but hauling in the slack? A hum-dum, a hey-ho, a hum-dum, a hey-ho. A hum da hey ho hey-ho, da hum. A hum-dum, a hey-ho, a hum-dum, a hey-ho. A hum da hey-ho, hey-ho, da hum. Your mammy was a beauty. There's a particular song I think of whenever someone mentions the singing lines. No doubt if you're a fan of the band, there will be a particular song that leaps to your mind too. For me, it's House in the Woods. It's a song craving simplicity to get away from it all. As with many other loin songs, it's a gloriously ramshackled affair. It sounds almost like a tune you might expect to accompany a troupe of Morris dancers with a wheezing accordion, jangling mandolin and the simplest of percussion, a bashed wooden box. But that's all that's needed for a song that so perfectly captures that realisation that maybe we've made the world a little bit too complicated for ourselves. Maybe the answer is to build a simple house in the woods, have one pair of boots for work and walking, and eat what I grow and what I catch. You'll find this song on Songs to Hear Before You Die. 
and that's just and it was just one of those simple things that clicked the right nugget of words clicked with the right piece of music and it and people loved that right from the start so although there's later stuff that is more involved and intricate and I would and, and you know probably if a song defined the lines it would be our songs. There seems to be some unwritten law that if ever you want to be in a band in Medway, you simply have to write at least one song about the place on each album you put out. In fact, if you only have one song about Medway on your album, you probably aren't doing it right at all. Everyone from Billy Childish, of course, through to Brigadier Ambrose, has a whole arsenal of songs about Medway-based cycling clubs, fights on Chatham's Ordnance Street, or life growing up in Cliff. The singing loins were no different. They had tons of songs about Medway. A few of them appear on this podcast. Perhaps the most obvious one to pick is a song from the 2011 album Stuff. It's called Ascending Chatham Hill, and it's bloody brilliant. It scoots along at a terrific pace, name-checking an array of bland local sites that aren't even landmarks from the high street cash converters to the second-hand Medway motor dealers. But Chris Broderick sings about them as if they are the most vitally important of stopping points on a pilgrimage to paradise itself. On paper, it sounds like it should be a thoroughly ironic song. Clearly, the singing lines must be being incredibly sarcastic about Gillingham being some kind of New Jerusalem. I mean, obviously. But actually, what comes across most powerfully is a beautiful innocence. For all the raucousness and the football chanty chorus of Gillingham, it's nothing less than a tender love song to the Medway towns. Despite the obvious hyperbole and all the gleefully creative descriptions of whirlwinds and fiery chariots, of being attended by virgins and apostles as tormentors are banished to the wastes of the Pentagon shopping centre, what comes across first and foremost as an immense fondness for this much maligned part of North Kent. On the first home game following Chris Broderick's death, Doug Hudson, an old friend of Chris, paid tribute to the Singing Loins frontman in his capacity as the Gillingham Football Club announcer by playing this song during half-time of the Jills match against Ipswich Town. It must have been a magical moment, even if the home side did lose 4 0. It's a long, long way up Shatham Hill from the Luton 
Israel's house clear factory It's a thorny hill to paradise From the high street cash converters To the second hand made by motor dealers One glorious day I will enter the Eden of Upper Chillingham By whirlwind and fiery chariot There to rest where the air is sweet The course of my earthly life complete think of Medway bands and artists singing about places and landmarks in Medway, you'll most likely be thinking most specifically of the sights, sounds and smells of Rochester and Chatham, or possibly, in the case of the last song, Gillingham. But it ain't always necessarily so. The Claim have songs about Cliff in their back catalogue, and Sally Ironmonger has a song about pubs on the Hoo Peninsula. The Hoo Peninsula or Hallows on Sea in particular, and looming out the gloom, the British pilot function rooms, if you want to be absolutely precise about it, also forms the setting for a rather splendid song on the Singing Loins 2007 album, The Drowned Man Resuscitator. It goes by the name of The Topless Twins of All Hallows on Sea. It races around at a terrific speed, an absolutely remorseless, exuberant celebration of youth, of innocence and yearning for experience, the adolescent thrill of a motorbike trip to see a strip show. As one line from the song goes, my head was spinning faster than the wheels were turning. It's such an evocative song, you can practically smell the petrol fumes of the Yamaha and the stench of fags and spilt beer in the function rooms just listening to it. A thousand years ago when I was 16 Or was it yesterday when I was on in Moody and Bay? We would mount our Yamaha FS1Es A flying fizz our way towards all allows on Why? Because looming out the gloom The British pilot function room And there the lights were flashing Absolutely bad. Through the country lanes at 40 miles an hour. Past the halfway house and stop with back by the water tower. Check we got our entrance fee, 50p. We then carry on our way towards all allies on seaway. Yeah. 
It's tempting to think of Chris Broderick purely in terms of his work with The Singing Loins, but that would be to do him a huge disservice. Chris was a writer of plays, poetry and prose, and he was a collaborator. In his final weeks and months, he was busy putting together a collection of lyrics, was working on a prose project, and had a couple of other songwriting projects with local musicians and singers in the works as well. And back in 2014, Chris released an album with his friend Glenn Barnes called House of Broken Birds, released on the Vassalando 68 recordings label. The penultimate song on the album, December, is one of those rare things, a song about winter that is not automatically about Christmas. It's a beautiful lilting piece, all rolling arpeggios on the piano as Chris Broderick sings in the most hushed of tones about the angst and yearning and sorrow that comes with winter when it feels like it will never be warm again, never be light again. Will anything live again? he asks, because sometimes it feels like it won't. Slowly though, slowly but surely, hope emerges. Something might even grow again, he sings, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Silent night, and time stands still, life hangs between the dark On the Singing Loins 2009 album Unravelling England, you'll find some intimate character studies of people from beyond the margins of society, or the simply forgotten. There's the fat boy of Peckham, telling the story of band member Rob Shepherd's grandmother's cousin, a member of a travelling circus. There's also Dirty Dora, about a sexually frustrated sweet shop owner, and the pretty much self-explanatory Cunny Ann, about a country girl who moves to London to seek a better life and ends up as a prostitute accused of witchcraft. But the song that particularly stands out from the album appears as the second track on the record, Please Take My Scissors Away. Glenn Prangnell, another Medway-based musician who trades under the musical alias of Groovy Uncle, absolutely loves the song. Here's what he once said to me about it. It's about the mental breakdown of a silhouette artist in Victorian times. The photographers are coming in and taking over and he's going out of business. It's a brilliant song. Who else would write about that? Everyone else writes about I love you, do you love me? Even the fact they write about unusual things gets my vote. It is indeed a brilliant song. 
a very brilliant song. It saunters around in a macabre Victoriana waltz. Even before Chris sings a single note, you know, you know once more that things are not going to end well here. That accordion, that upright bass, it just reeks of malevolence. The silhouette artist is clearly on the absolute brink of madness. And despite the song being rooted so very firmly in the life of one obscure man living out an increasingly obscure profession in a time long forgotten, it is immediately possible to relate to his story. It's the fault of the photographers, those pornographers, damn them so crass. Are you watching the dicky bird say cheese and snap? Where's the bloody fucking skill in that? That fear of redundancy, that ever-present danger of being replaced, usurped by technology, has never gone away, and neither has the associated sense of perceived uselessness and utter vulnerability that comes with it. May I cut your silhouette, sir? Immortalize. Your bust, madame May I render your lovely children in black With a third of a filter Give them a smack I'm so lately Ill at ease Officer, please Officer, please There will be hell to pay if you don't take Officer, please Take my scissors away their physiognomy revealing anyone would think I had a vile disease Officer please Officer please There will be hell to buy if you don't take Officer please Take my scissors away There's a really beautiful song on the Loins album, Stuff. Well, they're all beautiful, really. But Friendship for Once particularly stands out because it sounds so brutally honest. Over a lilting background of harmonica and mandolin, Chris's lyrics confess a battle of wills between the platonic and erotic. It's a promise of sorts from someone who has confused sex with love a little too often in the past to try to offer his partner friendship for once, to keep my mind from the fumbling and tumbling for once. It is songwriting at its barest and most vulnerable. It's beautiful and delicate and utterly heartbreaking. When you feel like you're living 
Someone else's life And someone somewhere's living yours Pull up a chair With a coffee or wine I'll try talking for once Dear friend of mine Keep my mind from the fumbling And tumbling for once And I'll try not to guess What's under your dress I'll try friendship for once No sex for now Cross my heart or I'll die Let's try friendship for once I promise I'll try That old dirty word Platonic for once Billy. So I, I'd already approached him. Well, I kind of knew him through music vaguely. We supported him once up the um, Open Anchor. Yeah. But when I, I didn't really talk an awful lot. He saw us at the MIC a couple of times. We used to see him around a place called the Celtic Cross and stuff like that. And um, I approached him because I was writing some poetry. So this was about, again, 89, yeah. 90. I'd started writing some poetry and didn't know what to do with it. And so I thought, well, he's definitely the man. Yeah. With his hangman books and stuff. And the Medway poets, as they were called then. Mm. There's a group of people, Bill Lewis and Charles Thompson and Billy. And I'd never seen them do the poetry. Um, anyway, he was really helpful. Showed me how to edit poems, really get them down to the yeah. kind of, you know, nugget of what you're trying to say. One of the Loin's most powerful songs can be found on Songs to Hear Before You Die from 2008. The Baker's Arms, August 58, bristles with menace from the jagged guitar through to Chris's sneering vocals. It's a harrowing story. Thanks to his immense skill as a writer getting to that nugget, you know that this story isn't going to end well right from that opening line about She'll have a baby sham, cherry on a stick. It builds and builds with ominous expectation of something cruel and wicked. The hot August night, the obvious lies of the big married man, the oblivious brewing of tea by tram drivers nearby. It all spells trouble for the tiny little blonde. It's a horrific tale, all the more so because it's such a familiar story you could read in any newspaper of any day of the week. But even here there is a tenderness and beauty, the kindness of strangers coming to save the girl's skin. And there's a terrible poignancy at the end when you learn that this girl, now pregnant, is still at school. She'll have a baby sham cherry on a stick I'll have a bitter, make it quick Said lucky Tom in the bar at the baker's arms On a hot August night in 58 Get it down ya and come outside don't you believe them, girl, they all lied Said the big married man to the tiny little blonde On a hot August night in 58 
Across the street in the trolleybus depot The drivers were brewing their tea And the plaza was showing East of Eden again And the Sally Army man thought it smelled like rain And the jukebox was playing That'll be the day We all thought the singing lines had come to an end following the release of their album Here on Earth in 2012 and a farewell gig at the Corn Exchange in Rochester on the 4th of May 2013 as part of the annual Sweeps Festival. The relationship between bandmates had always been fractious, so it wasn't necessarily surprising to hear they'd split again, but it was still disappointing to think there would be no more gigs, no more albums. Until, that is, the 2nd of August 2019, when, seemingly out of nowhere, a YouTube video started doing the rounds on social media. The Singing Loins had released a new song called Your Aerial's Bentmate, and it was like no other Singing Loins song anyone had ever heard before. It was full of chugging riffs and a big old sing-along pop sensibility, but at the same time, it was a song that explored very loinsy territories, vulnerability, human flaws and frailties. It's a song about someone who thinks he is one kind of person, but is actually another. I know you're just trying to be a man, a kindly man, but you're getting all your signals wrong. I know you see yourself as an easygoing chap, and it surprises you that others don't. Here's Chris talking to me in September 2019 about the loins getting back together, at least in recorded form, and about the first song we heard from that final album, 13 Moon Songs from Merry Hell. So the singing loins are back. <laughs> back with the recording. Back with the recording. Not, not on a live phone, yeah, certainly. Yeah, no. yeah. So uh, how, did, how did that come about? Because it's been six years? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wanted to hear the next Singing Lloyd's album. <laughs> it's Fair enough. Simple, yeah, it's as simple as that. So I approached them and said, come on, have we got anything left yeah. in us? We were very satisfied with the, the last, what we thought was going to be the last album, the penultimate album, yeah. um, Here on Earth. Yeah. And I wouldn't have wanted to get back if we couldn't have matched that. Yeah. Um, but I, I just contacted them and said, do you want to try... Um, Try some more songs, and they'd been working on stuff. Yeah. And um, sent me their ideas. Some, some just kind of s scratchy guitar idea with, without much form. Mm. Some that they'd actually been kind of working on at home, sort of home recording stuff. Yeah. Which people do these days, I understand. <laughs> so and so, so some were layered up. Some were multi-track, three or four instruments, and you know. And with um, some with kind of arrangement ideas, yeah. And as usual, the music inspired me, so I, I got writing, and that's the way I prefer to do it. I think I probably mentioned that last time we spoke. Mm -hmm. I mean, the title weirdly came. Um, I stayed with some friends on a we stayed in this holiday place um, last summer, and I took my old DAB radio along because mm -hmm. I can't sleep, so I was playing a little bit of that. And the aerial happens to be completely bent like that. Yeah. And I was just walking through carrying this thing. My mate said, your aerial's bent, mate. 
And I thought, ooh, ooh, ooh. That's, that sounds like a, what a, what a beautiful insult. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so that's where it all came from. Mm. So I thought, well, that's a lovely way of saying, um, you know, about someone who's kind of misunderstood. <laughs> but not, um, yeah, not kind of making himself very clear. Mm. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, that's right. I know you're just trying to be a man, a kindly man, but you're getting on a signal so wrong. Singing Lion's final album comes a beautifully eloquent, utterly poignant piece of songwriting magic. With all your blessed heart opens with a ghostly piano and mandolin sound before Chris's gorgeously gnarled voice comes in with some devastating lyrics that cut straight to the quick. It's all about giving your absolute all. If you ain't out of breath and still in tune by the end, if your strings ain't even broke and your skin not ripped apart, why do you ever start? What's the point? Why do you even bother at all? When I asked him about the song a few years ago, Chris told me he didn't feel it was deeply profound, although I would beg to differ. I keep meeting people who don't try, he said. They go, what's the point? They're going to die and they've never even tried anything. So it's only a gentle reminder to put your all in, or why are you here? What's the bloody point? And it's just encouraging people that at least if you can't do it for yourself, sing along with someone who can. So it's just a nice sort of balm to see you off the album. If any song from this playlist is delicious, it has to be this one. If you ain't out of breath and still in tune by the end if your strings ain't even broke and your skin not ripped apart Sing along, tear 
So there you have it, 10 songs in the key of Chris Broderick. I hope you enjoyed them. It was an absolute joy to go through that back catalogue of singing line songs and remind myself of the chats I had with Chris. If you knew him or have ever listened to and loved the music he created with the lines and with others, I hope this served as a good old jogging of the memory. And if you've never heard of him, all the singing lines. Hopefully, just hopefully, you'll be inspired to dig deep into the archive of the big soul giant of creativity that was and remains Chris Broderick. <laughs>